Have you lost your job? Have you lost a loved one? Are you exhausted caring for your parents, for your kids? Well, you can find immediate relief when you read Sheila Mack's new number one bestseller, Bootstraps and Bra Straps. It contains the boots formula to move from rock bottom back into action in any situation, especially right now. If life has knocked you down, pick yourself up with bootstraps and bra straps. Get your copy at www.sheilamack.com today. Is not one size fits all, just like a pair of boots or a bra. So the formula is designed to help you through any situation. Grab a copy of my new best-selling book, Bootstraps and Bra Straps, the formula to go from rock bottom back into action in any situation. It is now available on Audible as well as on Amazon and Kindle and at www.sheilamack.com. Albert Delise is going to get there. There's no question. He squares it. There it is. It's another. And it's Mubble Rodriguez again. Scoring goals left and right. At least with the assist. All right. So the first thing we're going to talk about, the standing room supporter section. I know a lot of you guys have been talking about it on Discord and in some of y'all are in Reddit too. I recognize your names. What uh? What are your thoughts on it? Because personally, I think it's a good idea, but the fact that they're allocating 1,200 spots for supporters, that's uh, we don't have that many. I know I've talked to a couple of the guys from The Surge, and they said they have about 80 to 90 that show up, but you know the numbers you see at the game versus what they tell you, they look different to me. So how do, y'all, how do you guys think about this? What do you think about this? I don't understand why we didn't build this out from the beginning. Why, when this state, this this brand new state of the art stadium that you know Brenner and them had built in 2012 or 11, it doesn't make any sense why they didn't go and prioritize this. Like, why are we going back now and fixing things that shouldn't have been done wrong in the first place? How can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, all right. Oh, cool. Yeah, and I, it didn't let me join the initial uh, invite thing that you sent, so I just requested. Yeah, so what do you think about it? The, the, there's a couple points here. The supporter section is the first one I got because it's got a lot of uh, a lot of buzz from people. So what, what's your opinion on it? Uh, uh, yeah, again, I, I don't like what you said. I don't think we have enough people to, to fill that out unless they're may, – maybe if we're being really hopeful, they're expecting the turnout to – blow up in the next few years and they don't want to have too few seats or a standing room uh, section available, but I, I don't know. That's hopeful. Yeah. I mean, I mean, how, how do we get the, the turnout to blow up? I mean, we've talked about it before with the need yeah. for a big name player who wins, right? Anybody else got a, got an opinion on it? Sorry guys, this is, this is new to me. I've never done one of these. So usually it's just me in a room talking into a mic and, Talking shit. I didn't know this was a thing. I didn't know this was a thing that you could do on Twitter. Yeah, I saw it last night. Uh, some guy, the Weibo show, some some guy from ESPN. He was running one, so I, I checked it out. And uh, 
started exploring it and it's a way to basically bring listeners in and get you guys on to talk about things and then go through the audio and figure out what we can keep what we can't and throw it into the show gotcha yeah yeah uh, and then colby sent me a text that he, we caught him in the middle of eating oh eat fast <laughs> yeah so you guys are the uh uh what is it familiar with failure right come on correct yeah i'm the drummer colby's the bassist yeah, the uh, everybody that I know, not on social media, but that I, I played the new intro for, they they think it ma- it matches with the uh, the tone of the show. So that was real cool, y'all. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, no, yeah, that's awesome. We were so excited to hear that you wanted to. Or Colby's the one that did it all, and he was just like, "Hey, we're on this podcast now." Yeah, it's cool, man. And, no, uh, we're we're all excited for it. Yeah, because I mean, copyright stuff kind of worries me. But I mean, once like they put on-air game broadcasts out there, it's it's not copyrighted, and all that from what I from what I understand. But you never know. I don't want to piss off Glenn Davis. Yeah. Although that wouldn't be too bad. He knocks on my door and it's Glenn Davis. So all right, the next topic is going to be uh, premium seating in the South End, which is going to be above. Is it the Heineken Bar, Star Bar, opposite of the supporter section, looking at the uh, the. Uh, the mock-ups of it, it looks like we're losing quite a few seats, which personally doesn't really affect me. I don't sit there. I think a lot of it's going to be just I don't, I don't I don't know who would want to sit there. I know it's all it's all inclusive, food and beverage, so it's basically like a suite, but out in the con- the friendly confines of BBVA with the nice the heat and everything. But personally, the one with the tables. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up there by the, above the handicap section from what I've seen. Uh, on the south end. So it's kind of covered. But it's not really covered because the sun still hits it from, from the west. And I outlined some things on Reddit about how we're just... It seems like ownership is making these new decisions or these have been in the works, which is probably the case. But they're not doing things in the right order. Like I drew out a list on Reddit and I said, number one... Figure out ways to shade the vans in the north and the south. Number two was uh, install more of those industrial strength fans that they have in the east and the west side that are up in the ceiling. Mm-hmm. I think if they had one of those in each section, because there's, there's, they have three, I think, on each end. And there's plenty of space for two or three more, because sometimes there's not a breeze up there, which is where we sit. Yeah. But do that, and then I think number three was... Raise our payroll to top seven in the MLS Western Conference. Four was invest in the academy. And five was do what you're doing right now. Fix the supporter section. Add premium seating. I mean, we don't even fill out the premium seating in the uh, the President's Club. But Yeah. And then just uh, from what I've gathered from some fans, I don't know if it's uh, a lot of them. A lot, uh, from what I've seen, a lot of people don't, don't even feel like we need these upgrades right now, that we should be focusing more on the, the spending of players and staff and all that stuff that's exactly exactly right it's exactly how i feel and i think most of us feel we have i guess now with teenage hadebi we would be the fifth lowest payroll depending on where he brings us maybe maybe sixth lowest but the supporter section and this new seating our supporters are dwindling anyway nobody sits in the south end they stand at the bar if you put players on the field that win soccer games more people will show up. And it's just, I, I don't understand the logic for exactly. this. It's like the Wi-Fi last year. 
And how much the, the question was posed, I posed the question in Discord, how much does this cost? How much are these renovations going to cost to rip out yeah, portions of this? Yeah, you're going to rip out portions of the supporter section. You've got to rip out parts of the south end. Then you've got to rebuild. And the cost per square foot of commercial construction is anywhere from 150 at the lowest up to almost $1,000 a square foot. So 100 square feet, you know, at 500 a square I mean, foot. Yeah, I guess they, they're, it's, I don't know how to, like, we're coming all the way from LaGrange, an hour and a half away, and if the tickets are going to jump in price to pay for that kind of stuff, I mean, I, like, I want to go, but I can't afford crazy tickets if they're trying to pay off, you know, these renovations. Maybe that's why they're not spending money on players, they just need to get this done and then they'll focus on it later. Uh, I, I don't know what their plan is. One, one thing I definitely don't like this year, speaking of higher ticket prices, is now there's a $9 built-in fee. For SeatGeek, every ticket is nine dollars extra. You can't even go to the box office. You can't even buy directly from the Dynamo box office and get in there and get your tickets for seven dollars. You know the seven dollars. Yeah, I didn't know that. I, I did the partial plan, so um, it was a like a or it was a monthly fee, like a hundred bucks, and I and I had two two tickets for six games. And that was all I paid. I didn't know that that fee was built into it. No, no, okay, my fault. No, no, no. The fee is for anybody that is not a season ticket holder or doesn't buy through the plans as far as I know. Everything else is directed through Seeky. Gotcha. Because I've gone on, like I sold I sold my two tickets for uh, the Cincinnati game, right? And then I was out at a bar watching England whoop up on Ukraine. I decided to go on SeatGeek and see how much I can get a ticket for. And I got a ticket for, let's see, I bought one in the $7 section, but it was really $10. So it was a $3 fee. It's a $3 fee. And then I sat by like my old, my old seats. But yeah, if you're not going through like a rep, buying the partial plans or any of that, as far as I know, you're being charged those SeatGeek fees. And if you go right through the app, it's, it's extra money every single time. And like you said, are we sacrificing yeah, for the casual fan? And they got to be able to buy one off. Yeah, exactly. And then, how do we pay for these these uh, these renovations? Are we going to be sacrificing player salaries for this? Like, it just it makes me wonder who exactly up there is doing cost benefit analysis of renovating a stadium to watch a average a below we're below average team i think we are below average if you look at our goal difference we're minus four and that's i want to say ninth in the west versus a team that is middle of the pack you know which one is going to have more which one's going to bring in more revenue for the club because i want to see them win i'm not going to sit in a bar above the south end in mesh seats that are breathable and I don't stand in the supporter section because I have, I have little kids that come with me. So did anybody here watch the U.S. men's team performance last night? The 6-1 to one thrashing over national powerhouse Martinique? Only updates. Didn't watch it. Well, I can tell you after DK's second goal, turned it off. Because Martinique was... Martinique, they're not even... They couldn't beat most MLS teams. 
so watching watching that one was kind of uh kind of boring but Tyler Pasher definitely he got on finally last night and somebody uh somebody was pretty upset they weren't playing him they said why did you call him up if you're not even going to play him but he did make his debut last night which is huge for him he's been one of our best players arguably after Maxi the best new signing we've had although personally if you guys listen I'd put Derek Jones right up there with Maxi but Tyler's definitely brought a different spark to the team. And the question about last night's performance with the men's team was, is Daryl DK for real? Because you saw what he did at Barnsley or Brentford, where he almost single-handedly got them promoted. And then when they did not get promoted, he was brought back to Orlando City SC. But I wanted to get y'all's opinions if you think Daryl DK is actually the real deal. He's under 21. He's played in England. He's back here in Orlando. He's on the men's team. He starts for the men's team. He could very easily go out there and play for the A team that we have because the team that is currently in this Gold Cup is more like a it's more of a B team type feel to it without Pelusic in them. So I, I was wondering if you guys think DK is for real because I certainly I think he he looks like he is when you take his age into consideration and the stats that he's put up. And everything he's been doing so far, he's done well. He's done very well. To me, he's he's our version of, I guess you could say, was it Saka? Bukayo Saka from, uh, from England. Maybe Bellingham, young guy, not quite the starter, but he's getting minutes. And when he plays, he looks good. So he's pretty exciting. The, the, the prospect of him up top with Pelusic and uh, Sargent, who's the other one? Shit, there's so many. There's so many good players. For There's so many good American players on the American team. But how many of our players would go and start for a team like Spain, Italy, England? Because I know we have a lot overseas in Europe and a couple playing at the highest level. Palouse has just won Champions League. And then uh, the, the, the thing in Denver. The, I don't know we've, what it was. We have the Gold Cup now. What the hell was that? CONCACAF? Whatever that was, there's so many tournaments going on, it's kind of hard to keep track. But the big question is going to be, can we beat Mexico? Can this current squad of Americans go and do what we did in Denver where we beat them 3-2? to two? And personally, I know Mexico is going to be up without Chucky for a while. I think it was four to six or six to eight weeks. But I don't think we have a snowball's chance in hell of beating Mexico considering the guys that we have out there and the people that we are missing. Any thoughts on that? Okay, I think I'm here now. Hey. Yeah, there we go. Had some connection issues. It was cutting in and out. Yeah, it, it kicked me out and said uh, reconnecting. This thing's pretty buggy. Yeah. I like the idea of this, though, because I'm sure there's more Twitter followers that you have that are, you know, just like a, a Dynamo fan uh, in general rather than somebody that's, you know, in there for the discord and everything because i know discord's pretty user friendly if we want to do like a big group chat or something yeah i'm just see i'm trying to fit i had it working with i can play the videos through twitter like spaces doesn't let you record on the phone so i try to rig it up on my computer using obs and then using my mic in order to capture desktop audio but it's not playing the spaces audio through the desktop it's limiting it to my phone hmm. Yeah, so I'm having to hold the phone next to the microphone. So there's got to be a better way to oh, do this. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I know Discord does it. 
That might be something to look into, but I'm trying to figure a way because I don't do a live show. Like I don't know if you watch Generation Orange with Sean and Mark. They're uh they're very family friendly. Except for when Mark is going. No, I don't. Yeah, they have they have some pretty good stuff on there, good talks. They're usually about an hour to an hour and a half long. And they stream it through Twitch. But then they I don't think they post it on YouTube. I don't know if they I think they run recordings up, but they uh they do a good job, and something like that would be good, but I don't want to use video. I have, a, I have a job that if they didn't know what I said, I'd get in trouble. Some of the jokes I make. Like the Raheem Sterling joke. That one would get me in trouble. Oh, yeah. But it's yeah, true. You had me and Colby laughing pretty good there. That shit's true. Every, the first time I saw I'm him I'm sure run, a lot of other people, or at least I hope they were laughing. Yeah, first time I saw him run, I was like, what is he doing? That can't honestly be how he runs. And he runs fast. Imagine if he had good running form. That's true. If he just locked his fists up and brought him from his ear to his rear, he'd probably be a 98 speed in FIFA instead of a 92. And he runs like that in FIFA too. But whatever. I just wish he'd pass Harry Kane the ball. Yeah, they just added that a little while ago. Yeah, and then they, uh, they're still screwing Tyler. Tyler Pasher is rated a 66 in speed, which is 66, 62. It's ridiculous. <laughs> no, it, MLS is a joke to FIFA, but like at least the game. <laughs> but it, it's not even fun using them. No, no, I, I played with them once, and it was it was disaster. It was absolute disaster. I used to play on two button for forever because I just there's so many controls. I'm like, I just want to play on two button. But I started playing classic now, and it's uh it's a lot better. But man, the shooting. You hold that button for a tenth of a second too long, and your shot is in the fortieth row of the stands. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't played since nineteen. I got so disappointed with the franchise, with EA in general. I just stopped buying the games. Franchise mode's too easy. It's ridiculously easy to start as an awful franchise and win everything. I start as a, I started as like an English, um, oh god, League League One, League Two team, third or fourth tier, and I'm I'm UEFA champions every year. I don't even play. I just simulate and sign and scout and do all that. And Well, I'm going to have to wrap this up and cut it off. I got my children coming right. over here in a little bit. Thanks for checking in. I'll have to figure out a better way to do this. Thanks for the music, man. Shit's badass. All right, guys. Take care. Yeah, for sure. Take care, man. This podcast is brought to you by Military True Crime Addict, a podcast focusing on true life events of military personnel, veterans, and those associated with the military. Give a voice to the victims and hear their side of the story. Raise awareness of the heinous crimes and support those most impacted. Military True Crime Addict is available wherever you get your podcasts and you don't need to know anything about the military to listen. Now, back to the show. All right, so the next topic we're going to talk about is going to be the men's team performance versus Team Canada. Team Canada. Tyler Pasher got on. The men's team looked great in the beginning, right? Scored a goal pretty quick. Some people thought that we were just going to run away with it, but it didn't happen. Not at all. It was a one nothing win for the men's team, the men's B team, so to speak, and it was ugly. I don't think we win this. I do not think we win this. Uh, Canada had more shots. They had better possession. They had more passes. Their accuracy was better. More corners. They beat us everywhere on the field. 
I don't see how we as the United States with the goal in the first minute, how, how we move on. We play um, El Salvador in the World Cup qualifiers, September 2nd. That's going to be a tough one. Up next, hell, who do we have next? I don't even know. It doesn't matter at this point. We play like we played last night versus anybody but Canada or, or whoever's in the quarterfinals, Honduras, Panama. Don't even look at Mexico. Don't even get excited and look at Mexico and think like, yeah, fucking U.S. and Mexico for the title again. I don't see that happening. And if we get to meet Mexico, I think they're going to whip our ass. Plain and simple. All right, so here's a topic that's been brought up. Who's our backup striker? Maxi's got six goals. He's been quiet the last four matches. Who is our backup? We've signed Dorsey. We've signed Hadebi. Who's our other striker? We sold Ramirez, and we know he was a reliable, dependable backup. Who do we got? Did we sign someone? Are we going to stay internal? Are we going to look at Ari Lasseter up top? Tyler Pasher up top? He's played there. Maybe Mateo Bahamich. Maybe Mateo Bahamich gets to go up top and give Maxi a break. A lot of us have clamored for Bahamich to get out there and appear in some matches. We've seen him. He hasn't impressed, but he's had limited minutes. Do you play Quintero up top? Who do you play up top? Do you play Quintero up top as a false nine? Because you're going to lose pressing ability when you take Maxi out. So who is going to be our backup striker? With us getting into the dog days of summer, right? You have to be able to give your guys a break. And as we've seen, the last six matches, no wins. Maybe these dog days are starting to wear on us. Maybe the heat's catching up with us. Maybe the amount of minutes that our midfielders have played, that Tim Parker's played, that Zarek Valentin have played. Maybe these are all starting to catch up. Whatever they're going to do in the front office, it needs to get done quickly. Now, before, in the beginning, you guys heard a, a Spaces conversation with Colby from Familiar with Failure, the band that does the intro music, which I absolutely love, and I am extremely happy they reached out to me. It goes with the show. So that was something new we're trying. We're going to start doing that via my Discord. And if you're interested in joining my Discord, there's a link in the overall show description. If you want my Discord link, you can message me on the uh, Forever Orange Discord, or you can email me at HoustonDynapod at Yahoo.com. That's also in the description. Send me a Twitter message, Instagram message, whatever. I'll send it to you. I would like to be able to make discord a forum where we can discuss show topics so it's not just me fucking in your ear all the time and it mixes it up i think it sounds good so motherfucker i am so bad at silencing my phone i am so bad it's my girlfriend i'm home i made it Woo! good i'm glad she's home so last week all-star voting began and i cast my ballot for every single Dynamo player, because I'm a homer, and that's how I roll. But which players have legitimate chances? In my opinion, Maxi Arruti should be an all-star. He needs to score a couple more times before the all-star break to get in. He should be an all-star. He won't start. He shouldn't start. He should be an alternate. There's a lot of good forwards in MLS, because there's a lot of shit defense in MLS. I think Maxi has a chance. I think Marco Marich has a chance. But what's going to stop Marco is the fact that he's kept one clean sheet. 
But nobody's going to look at the fact that Houston have played musical chairs with their defenders, aside from Tim Parker. We've seen Sam, I adopted a Pitbull Junka back there. We've seen Boney, I play center mid and am 100 back there. We've seen Minor Figueroa, who is also in great shape, but is 38. But here it is. He's here. Teenage Debbie. And according to Tab Ramos the other day, Teenage is going to slot in and he's going to play. And it is time. It's time to see him. I think that this signing, it's, it's got to be better than what we've had. It can't. It could be worse, right? I know a lot of you out there disliked Kiki Struna last year, but man, his first year he was solid. I just, I don't think he meshed with the team, but he is a solid defender. He's a good defender when he's on. But you can say that about anybody. So we got Maxi, possibly Marich. I think Tim Parker could, you could make a case for Tim Parker, but what's going to hurt him is the fact that, again, we've kept one clean sheet. And that's going to hurt Timmy Parker. Now, another guy, because I love him, Derek Jones, I think he could be an all-star. I think he'll get some votes. I don't think he'll make it. I definitely think his time is coming. And you can see it in his ability to move with the ball, to, to, to take the ball, to, to, to block players out, to use his big old body. Definitely needs to work on his headers. I posed the question, why isn't Derek Jones in the box more on free kicks and corners? It's because I don't think he can judge where the ball's going. If you watch him, I don't think he has any idea where the ball's going. And the simple solution for that is to get a pitching machine, give your guys a baseball glove, and put them out there and shoot some fly balls at them. They'll learn how to judge pretty quick. That's how I learned growing up. But other than that, I don't think you can make a valid argument. A lot of people say Tyler Pasher should be an all-star. No, he shouldn't be not considering the other forwards in the league. Um, that's really it, right? And we know the only one with a legit chance is Maxi Rudy. That's it. So, boys and girls, we have a game. We have a match tomorrow. Manana versus Vancouver, the Whitecaps, the Canadians. And I think we are going to win. I know we are still without quite a few players. But I think we are going to win tomorrow night. I hope I'm right. It's not a home game for Vancouver, so we are both on the road. But Vancouver has played every single game on the road this year. Now, we can move into back into playoff position with a win. We have not won since we played Vancouver back on May 22nd. Guys, that's two months without a win. That's two months without three points. That's a lifetime in the world of soccer. Vancouver beat LA Galaxy 2-1. to one. They're still second from last in the Western Conference, but... They have some momentum. They've, they've got more points over their last six games than we have. I think they have five total points and we have four. So we've also had two weeks off. Right? Our last match was a 2-0 law against Seattle where we looked to be every bit as good as them for 60 minutes. And then we fell apart. Prior to that loss, we had three draws in a row. So we are ninth now in the Western Conference standings. And truth be told, if you look at our goal difference, that's right about where we should be, eighth or ninth. I said it at the beginning of the year, shit, I said it at the beginning of last year, that we'll fight for a playoff spot. I truly still believe that. Portland's better than us and they passed us. It's going to happen. Real Salt Lake is not that much better than us, if they're better than us at all. We're a point behind them. If we can take three points tomorrow, we will be back in the playoff hunt. We're still in it. You know, but the problem here is 
We've kept one clean sheet all year. That's unacceptable. All the draws we have achieved have kept us within reach, right? But you know we have pissed away wins. And you know we've gotten lucky and avoided a loss or two. We've also only scored twice in the last three games we've played. So that's got to be something to change. Changes. Maxi's got six goals. He's only scored once in four matches. I think it is time, with the amount of players out, to let Darwin Quintero play. Play him up top. Play your defensive midfield like you do with Corona, Vera, and Jones. But let Darwin go up top. Put him on the right or the left. I don't know. Put him opposite of Fafa. And let's see what happens. There's, there's nothing else to do. We can't play Memo on the wing. We've learned that. What would be great for me is to see Memo at the top of a, a three-man midfield with uh, Jones and Vera. Jo- uh, Corona or Memo. Either one is fine with me. Now, Vancouver, they beat LA on Saturday. They were playing this match on four days of rest, and they're still technically on the road. Vancouver went down five minutes into the match versus LA, but they scored twice in the second half. They got the winner at the 77th minute, scored by Dijome or Dahomey. That's that Dahomey. And they held LA to nine shots and two on target. Now, before that, Vancouver hadn't won a game since early May. And prior to this win, they lost 4 nothing. But they're second from the bottom. They have 12 points on the season. And they're four points out of a playoff spot. It's incredible how close the Western Conference really is. How close all of MLS is, if you're not Seattle. That's why it's so hard to, to decide these games. I think we're going to win. I think we're going to see the lineup we expect. But I do, fingers crossed... I do think we see Quintero start. I do. A couple people out there have said, Junkwa at left back? No. Junka, Junka at left back? No. No, don't do that. Do not play him on the road. Don't play him at all on the back line. Put him, put him in the midfield. You want a creative midfielder? There's your guy. Don't put him on the back line. Lundqvist is fine back there. He does his job. Sam will, will, you know, create an assist, but then he lets in two goals. Please don't put Sam Junka out there. I might have to just close my eyes for two hours. So the big issue with us has been the amount of goals scored on us. We let in quite a bit, usually at least one or two a game. That has to change. And I think with the signing and the playing of Teenage Hedebi, that will change. My predictions for Vancouver's lineup. Uh, Hazel, Brown, Veselinovic, fucking names, Godoy, Gutierrez, Bikel, Baldissimo, Tibert, Tybert, Dahomey, White, and Caicedo for our club, for our one and only club. I'm calling it right now. Marco Zingle, Zarex at the right, Parker and Teenage as the center backs, Lundy on the left. I think you'll see Corona, Jones, and Matias Vera in the midfield. I also think you're going to see Fafa, Maxi, and Darwin Quintero up top. And that's, that's my hope. Because I think with that lineup, with Darwin's creativity, we can get Maxi back on the scoreboard. And we can get three points at Rio Tinto in Salt Lake City. And that, truthfully, it's going to be more of a home game for them. But God damn, that place is going to be empty. I mean, our stadium's empty-ish when, when we play. 
can only imagine when everybody's on the road. MLS, I can't even imagine they're going to televise it. I know it'll be on some channel, but geez, man. Anyway, uh, thank you guys that joined the Twitter Spaces chat. I will not be doing that ever again. We'll be doing it through Discord. Like I said, my Discord is in the show profile. I know there's some new listeners out there because I watch my episode analytics. And let me say thank you very much. really appreciate it. It's a lot of you tuning in, catching up on the old ones. By the time you get to this one, uh, the content's better. It's a little less raunchy. Uh, I don't make any jokes about my sister in a brothel, which got me lit up on Discord, but it was fucking funny. You want to know what I said? Okay, I'll tell you. I said I would rather have my sister in a brothel than Sam Junka on the back line. And I took some heat for it. But guys, I don't have a sister, so I can say things like that. It's totally fine. But that's also an old uh, military joke. We used to say that about the Air Force guys or the Navy guys when I was in the Marine Corps. I'd rather have a sister in a brothel than a brother in the Navy. So, not an original joke, but Semper Fi. Anyway, guys and girls, uh, once again, thank you to Familiar with Failure for the intro music. I'll be giving you guys a shout on every episode. You can find them at FWFTX on social media. Just go to Google. Type in FWFTX. And there they are. Anyway, let's go to Salt Lake. Let's, let's, let's impress the Mormons that show up and watch and drink their 2.6% alcoholic beer. And let's get three points versus Vancouver because it's been too long. We need these three points. Let's see Teenage Debbie's big, long, lanky ass out there clearing the back line with Tim Parker. And God forbid, I hope we see Adam Lundquist. As always, go Dynamo! Albert Delice is going to get there. There's no question. He squares it. There it is. It's another. And it's Mumble Rodriguez again, scoring goals left and right, at least with the assist.